let me know. I think I want to do this. Less than six hours later, I had my first $1,000 like contract. And so my following was very, very surprisingly understanding of me taking that step back. And when I did reemerge, they were very welcoming, very kind. It took a little bit to kind of pick up speed again, but I feel like we're going way faster now than ever before. And you have your day-to-day routine. You have kids thrown into the mix. You've got social media, you've got podcast episodes you've got to put out. You've got your, your job, your business all of the above, it can become quite the juggling act. And here's the thing, I have been very hesitant to lock myself into a schedule because I feel like I want every day to be a little different, a little exciting, a little memorable. He has recorded podcasts with me in the past, but I'm a little mad at him because he hasn't listened to any of my podcasts. (laughs) I've started this and I was like, hey, did you check out my new podcast? He's like, I'm sure it was good. And I'm like, oh no. Here we go. Podcast time, everybody. Mike Tech Studios. Podcast episode number 31. Success. Putting the social in social media. With guest, Sonia Kilji. This podcast episode was originally recorded May 2nd, 2020. This day is also a birthday to a very important little girl that I have come to know. Happy birthday, Anna. All right, ladies and gentlemen, kids, girls, dogs, ponies, and everybody else listening of all ages, thank you for tuning in to the next episode of the Mike Tech Studios podcast. We have a great one today. It's actually going to be, and I have a great guest as well, so not just a great topic, but a great guest. So with us, um, first of all, topic before we get on that is going to be success, putting the social in social media for your business. So we're going to have our guest, Sonia Kilji. She's a social media professional. She's an expert podcast host of the Social Media School of Sonja Kilji. She owns her own brands and businesses that also coach and tutor and, and provide insight for social media. Sonia, how's it going? Hey, welcome. Thank you. I am super, super excited about this. I know we've been kind of going back and forth for weeks, having just like the best conversations. So I'm excited to be here today. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, for, for those listening, this, this is one of those podcasts. I've mentioned a few where we have our, our guests sometimes a little bit harder to to get a hold of because of their crazy schedule. Um, this podcast has definitely been a, about a week in the making, trying to get back and forth here to make this happen. But we're back. We're in. We're ready to rock. And And um, here we are. So obviously, you know, I know a little bit about what you do. And obviously, I've been a a guest on your podcast as well. I got an idea of, you know, your your brand, your insight, but, uh, you know, social media. So just really to the bread and butter, why has social media been such a critical tool for your success? and, And why are you so passionate about using it? So for me, social media is a hobby more than it is a business. It is my obsession, my addiction. It's my one thing. And I really encourage everyone to go into their life and to find their one thing. And it's like, okay, what is the one thing that I could never get tired of? What is the one thing I could never get bored of, sick of? What is the one thing that I can do that would change my life, would change the life of others? So for me, social media and a passion for it stemmed from the fact that it has saved my life multiple times. First in being so, it saved me from marrying the wrong person when I used social media to realize that he was having an affair. Um, and this wow. was 
uh, seven years in the making, this relationship and engagement. And he never let me be on social media. One day I decided not to heed that uh, command and realized very quickly why that was. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So for me, that was a very, very powerful introduction into the world of social media. Mm-hmm. And then since then, uh, number two, I always talk about this as well. It saved my life in the sense of when I was struggling with really severe postpartum depression, it managed to get me into a practice of daily gratitude um, and connection with others that really helped me to to pull me out of that dark space. So in terms of my personal life, social media has been very revolutionary. And in business, it has allowed me to expedite some of the biggest goals in my life, which have included gaining a million followers, publishing a best-selling book, collaborating with some of the top marketers in the world, contributing to um, Entrepreneur Magazine and Huffington Post, being featured in some of the top publications. So again, from both a personal and professional standpoint, social media has been very revolutionary for me, and it has really allowed me to revolutionize other people's lives as well. That's interesting that you say that. You know, first, obviously, the personal insight, and I appreciate you, you know, sharing that with us and and with our listeners. Generally, with social media, it's the other way around. You know, people find that opportunity to find themselves in places that they shouldn't. The internet and obviously the dwellers that involve themselves there um, are not usually the most positive people. So I I find that really interesting to have a a positive story and a positive outlook on it where it's not not toxic. I personally find burnout um, when I'm on social media too much. Do you ever notice or feel that if you're involved or engaged too much with your your listeners, your groups, your your followers, things like that? Yeah, Michael, I know that you um, saw my post the other day where I was talking about how when my daughter was born and I became a first-time mom just a little bit less than a year ago, I, at the end of my pregnancy and the beginning of my child's birth, I had to take a step back. I had to prioritize my new role as a mother and my family first. And so my following was very, very surprisingly understood of me taking that step back. And when I did reemerge, they were very welcoming, very kind. It took a little bit to kind of pick up speed again, but I feel like we're going way faster now than ever before. And so I think as long as you're very honest with your, your following, like I talk about mental health, I talk about family a lot. And so when you kind of are open and honest and saying, hey, I need to take a step back for a minute. Don't forget me, I'll be back soon. They're very understanding. And I built up my business and I built up my brand so that people would allow me to take a little hit pause or take a step back when I really feel like I need to get there. And for me, one of the really beautiful things about that has been, you know, a lot changed for me when I became a mother, a lot like things that like, for example, I realized like, yes, I love business, but it doesn't really, it's not it's not like the fully defining thing. I don't fully define myself as an entrepreneur. Whereas before the baby, I was just, I was just entrepreneur, Sonia. And after (laughs) the baby, I was like, you know what? I wouldn't actually mind if I had to work for someone or kind of not work at all. Like it became like that began to shift for me. But one thing that didn't shift for me was my love for social media. And that just reaffirmed for me once again that, hey, I can go through this massive life change, this shift, this universal, profound, like just paradigm shift in everything about who I am and who I want to be. This thing has remained a steady foundation. So for me, that was very reaffirming. Do I deal with burnout? Yes, but that is how I've handled it. That's very cool. You know, and you have balanced, or at least it sounds like it, and bravo, because that's, you know, excellent marketing if you have, the personal aspects of your your day-to-day life, blending it into your brand and really the culture of 
your business, whether it is a hobby or whether it is for profit, and also being able to let people know authentically, hey, this is what's going on. I'm going to be not as available. You know, I, I know you're very involved in your Facebook groups and uh, I, I'm not on it. So you're, you're leaning me towards signing up for TikTok, but Instagram, TikTok and, and things of that nature. But, you know, I can relate. I have um, quite a few godchildren. One's actually uh, today. She is turning, I believe, four years old. Aww. And I'm uh, not going to be able to see her today, but um, hopefully sometime soon, little Anna. I call her Bam Bam because she likes to go around and basically cling to you. So she's like, you can't work. She wants your 100% attention. <laughs> and if not, and she doesn't get what she wants, and just like Bam Bam. <laughs> Bam. So. Oh, that's cute. That's what my baby's been doing. She calls her grandpa Nana, and she knows where his desk is. And she um, crawled to that. And today, this morning, she crawled to it, and Nana was asleep because it's Saturday. So she just stood at his desk and was just yelling for five minutes because she just did not understand why Nana was not working. Oh, and so it was very cute. And I and I fully get that. And when you, like we were discussing earlier, when you have your day-to-day -day routine, you have kids thrown into the mix, you've got social media, you've got podcast episodes you've got to put out, you've got your, your job, your business, all of the above, it can become quite the juggling act. And here's the thing, I have been very hesitant to lock myself into a schedule because I feel like, I want every day to be a little different, a little exciting, a little memorable. But as I'm getting older, I am realizing that may be a tad bit unrealistic. I do have to at least schedule part of my day and develop a little bit of consistency in some parts of a routine because it's really the only way to, to get things done. Well, and, and I agree with that 100%. I mean, obviously, she's the the youngest of, of five kids. So there's definitely a good romp around with them. I mean, they're all great kids uh, and I love them dearly. At the end of the day, though, it is difficult, you know, as you can see with with one and uh, well, it does make it difficult to not spread yourself so thin. And that actually leads me into my my next question, which I think a lot of folks are into. The, you obviously have the insight and experience in it. But, you know, for those running the companies and also trying to have time to, you know, raise their kids or or just include their partners in their lives. I mean, that's why you either, you know, committed to them or, or married them. What have you found that really helps try to keep your professional and personal life manageable for, for both you, your partner, your kids. Um, that could be maybe something gleaned as a takeaway for the business owners uh, that are or, or could be in the same situation or, or even maybe in the same industry as you are. So for me, me and my husband really had to kind of figure out our groove when we first got married. So actually, let's start with when we were dating. When we were dating, I had just started my business, okay. but it was the kind of business where there's no nights, no weekends involved. So it was really chill and it was, it was phenomenal. And when we got married, just within a few months of that, Michael, we started a new uh, tech startup together and it was a subscription box startup. So as you can imagine, very tight deadlines, then you're battling growth, marketing, customers, service, accounting, XYZ, product sourcing, complaints, issues, you know, broken products, missing orders, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So we were handling that right when we got married. And so I was, he was handling his full-time position as a geophysicist, his part-time gig with a six-figure tech startup. I had one seven-figure, you know, franchise brick and mortar business. Then I had this quickly growing side hustle as, as one would call it, but it wasn't really a side hustle. It was just a second full-time hustle. And there was no balance at that time. And it was laughing. It was laughable for that to even be a discussion. Now, I hit burnout to a degree that you would not believe. Like literally 
three panic attacks per week, 3 a.m., crying in the middle of the neighborhood because I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. It, it happened. It hit me hard. And that's when I realized balance is no longer an option. Like a lot of entrepreneurs preach hustle, hustle, hustle all day long, every day. And I'm just, I am i can't. It doesn't work for me. And if it works for you, great. Mad respect. I love it. It just personally doesn't work for me. So I do bring it up and talk about it because I don't want people to feel like that's the only way to succeed. Um, Tim Ferriss is a great reference reference on that subject. The four hour work week is a phenomenal read. And here's the thing. I was all about the whole Gary Vee mentality of hustle, succeed, X, Y, Z. And it just, again, it just did not work for me. And so now when it comes to balancing and making time for like my husband, for my kid, um, it's just different time slots in the day. Like, okay, this is when I'm working. This is husband time. This is kid time. And I would be lying to you, Michael, if I said it works out so beautifully and cleanly. Like you mentioned at the very start of this podcast, it's been a bit hard to, to reach a hold of me. And that is because I am colossally failing at trying to, to juggle it all. So, you know, just being honest there, it's still a work in progress for me. No, well, and I appreciate your candidness and insight. I mean, I know personally for me, when I was at the incepts of developing my brand or really just trying to get myself at a launch pad where people would know me by referral, I wasn't sleeping. I know we kind of touched on this in the preamble before the podcast, but you know, I was working a full-time gig overnight to make sure that the bills are paid. And I was stretching myself incredibly thin because I wanted to be able, this was probably about maybe seven years ago now, something like that, somewhere around there. And I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, my passion obviously is design, creative, marketing, just being in that field and that industry around those people. And, you know, when things are not projects or excuse me, when things are not managed successfully 100% of the time, which is really impossible to do, you're going to have overlaps. You're going to have projects, massive projects that are back to back working out at the same time. And if you're one person, they got to get done. And I was averaging maybe three, possibly four hours of sleep for two months. It definitely wore my body down. I walked around for a headache, you know, consistently. Everything was kind of shaky and dizzy for about a month after that. And I could not possibly think of trying to take care of kids or if I had a dedicated partner. It, that could be even difficult if you worked a complete different shifts. You know, if you're right. hustling, 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 you know, and your husband's, uh, he's a, what was he, a developer you said he was? Yeah, he's a geophysicist slash software engineer, which is kind of intense as one could imagine. Yes, yes, it is. I didn't realize he was the other. The, the I didn't realize it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's actually not. It's completely different. He was oh. a geophysicist, got laid off, went to school for coding, found a gig that combined geophysics and software engineering and blended the two. So it's, it was a great kind of story of coming back and creating something. And it's actually a startup as well. So it combines this geophysics startup and software engineering experience, which is really just a beautiful marriage of all of his skill sets. So... Wow. Okay. I didn't, well, see, and there you go. That is a, where you take a problematic issue, you take your experience and your skill set, and you blend it into something else that, you know, you are led to and turn it into a positive. So that's, that's cool. I, I don't know too much about him. I, hopefully I get to meet and chat with him sometime. I feel like we've talked about him so much that he's a friend of the podcast and also uh, and it, uh, the plus one anytime that you want to have him on as well. Yeah, I, he has recorded podcasts with me in the past, but I'm a little mad at him because he hasn't listened to any of my podcasts. <laughs> I've started this and I was like, hey, did you check out my new podcast? He's like, I'm sure it was good. And I'm like, 
Oh no. And then he was like, but funny, uh, I'm not commuting anymore. So like I need I'm working from home. I, I don't drive, I don't listen to podcasts, and I'm like giving him a very unamused wife stare. <laughs> and that is what happens when you're spending a little too much time together. <laughs> well, I will say, uh, you know, to his defense slightly, um, when you are creating content, if you're watching a series and it's something that you're into. You can be into it together, but when there's somebody who's that you know, maybe directly, that creates it or develops it, it kind of loses its lackluster because they hear you developing, they see you producing it. So it's not the, ah, you know, type content, but it's rough, man. Come on. If you're listening to this, listen, listen, I'm going to give you a little secret. Listen to some of it. Just skim, skim through. Just, just find little bits and pieces so that you can, it can make it sound like you're listening. Listen, Michael, you can't whisper with my husband. You gotta yell it. <laughs> you gotta yell it loud and clear. Nashirwan Kilji, if you are listening to this, skim, skim the show notes. I, I didn't I didn't say that, man. You didn't hear me saying it. All right, moving on before I get you in trouble. All right, so obviously we're, we're talking about social media and you really approach it as a hobby, but I am you know curious, do you think that you could operate solely just on the social media platforms by themselves and still turn a profitable global service or company or even business for just one year's time? So this would be 365 days. This would be no website, no email besides the, the message platforms or DM platforms availability that you have within each app and if you do think so why or you know why not michael that is a very good question i i really hope people hear this one i i don't get that question very often so i'm just very excited that you brought that up so the way that my social media business began is very funny i woke up one morning and i was like well social media has been a hobby i think today's a good morning to start a business random, spontaneous. What was the first thing I did? Did I, did I register a name? Did I make a website? Did I make graphics? No, I just made a Facebook status on my personal Facebook page with like 2000 friends. And I was like, Hey, if anyone needs some social media consulting or ads or whatever, let me know. I think I want to do this less than six hours later. I had my first $1,000 like contract. Uh, so yeah, like, and then a, a couple others within the first week, could I live off of that? with no website, no graphics, no business cards, not even a cell, like not even a phone, just like. Nothing, just pure social media, that's it. If it's in the app, if it's on your phone and you can make a phone call within there or message in there, but. Mm -hmm. I don't even get that any... many phone calls. Zoom, Zoom is good enough. So could I do it? Yeah, yes I could. However, one lesson learned within this one year, I was kind of falling into the click funnels community, the funnels movement really arguing, hey, you don't really need a website anymore. You can just operate with these landing pages and sales funnels that will loop people through specific tasks. And it's very hot in the digital marketing space. Anyway, I would say that, of course, anyone can make money doing anything, right? It just really depends on your level of talent. However, I have personally found for me having a dedicated website, a home per se, for all of my content has been extremely beneficial. So can you and should you are two very different things when it comes to this question. And I would recommend having a solid website in place because people do study it. People do look at your testimonials. People do look at your press. Like for me, I'm not a very research oriented person. I kind of wing everything in my life. That explains the social media first, <laughs> first, uh, 
first fi- uh, f- fiance there. So, okay. Now, now we've got some, some insight on that choice. Yeah, basically <laughs> I wing kind of everything. I'm a very like heart driven individual, which kind of definitely leads me into trouble at times, but also some very beautiful moments. And, but there are people who out there who are extremely, you know, analytical research oriented and having that data and having those testimonials and having that clear space for them to get to know who you are, what you do very clearly um, and in depth is very, very critical. So I would not suggest not having a website, but don't get so caught up in like, oh, I have to have my business cards, logos, website, XYZ. By that time, you're like $10,000 knee deep into the project and you don't even have validation or a sale, which are the two most important things where, where a business confirm are involved. And, and, and that's really, I think, iconic to the the movement. You have to be making money. It can look as great. You can look as professional feel or sound professional, but if you don't have the business, there's no point. And the reason why I say this is because not only do I, I, I'm curious as to, I know you're really dead set on social media. So I want to see just how much you would really invest in just the social media platform at large. You know, if it was a business that you could see or could even see yourself physically producing, manifesting and creating growth and profit from. But I have a a lot of potential clients. I had a client or potential clients that I was back and forth with for about a month that wanted to do a a website for a sports write-up website. They're really, the, the conversations we were having, they were not at the level that they were ready to produce a business level sports writing, you know, website. And it's nothing against, you know, it's nothing bad. It's nothing to say that that's not what they can do, but they didn't have the funds to really start things up. Even personally for me, I see so many people going down that rabbit hole of like, I have to have the perfect logo. I have to have the perfect intro, outro to my podcast. My podcast has to be perfect. I have to figure out where I can get analytics. I produce three episodes. Where can I get sponsorship? You know, that is such such a, a, a bad mentality to go into when you your content has to feel, your business has to feel like you love doing it. You're amazing at it. You're a master level, you know, artesian. If you're a creative or a marketer, you, you know, the sales aspects of funnels inside and out, you know, just it has to emanate your presence of experience. And if it doesn't, and you're locked into trying to buy that, it's going to feel that way. It's going to feel manufactured. And then you're not going to be able to manage the means. I mean, for a website, there's SEO, there's IT backup and maintenance, there's brute hacking attacks that you need to try to patch up against and secure against. There's alt tags, there's optimizing images, there's just blog content, there's video, there's updating if you're doing WordPress. I mean, there's so many things for just the website. The website alone is a full-time endeavor. And if you're trying to check out or cash out as far as for gift cards, virtual downloads, masterclasses, you know, you have to deal with whatever platform that you're doing there, making sure that the sales tags the GDPR compliance is in effect. I mean, this becomes severely over, you know, overwhelming where you got to kind of start from those steps and move. Don't, don't jump, don't skip because you're going to have to come back to them anyway. I believe some people learn it. And you come from a background of like design, right? And working with a ton of clients on this aspect. So this can definitely offend some people when I bring up the whole website, brand, everything. I'm like, look, I am a marketer. I get it. Like branding, having the aesthetic, having the visuals, that is important, but it's not the most important thing. And so I try to drill that home for the people that I work with. Some people get it, some people don't. And I think really the sign of a novice entrepreneur now from what I've gathered in a about, gosh, a little over seven years of doing this is just, you know, they get so caught up in those details and they don't actually really even think about, okay, how am I going to make 
money. They just, they just get so caught in the perfectionism of it. And then they never actually end up executing because they're just knee deep in all of the details. Right. And I'm like, look, that is the first thing that's got to go. So I'm, I'm with you there, Michael. And I think it's also really a point to note too, that you let clients know, Hey, you may not be at that point yet. I think that level of honesty really sets you apart in your field because some people are shocked to hear that, right? Because most people are just like, yeah, give me your project, give me your money. But to hear that, hey, you might not actually be ready for that step and or the costs involved, that is actually really cool. And I and I have a lot of respect for you to bring that up. Well, it's just honesty. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, your first relationship that you were in, you made that decision where you're like, you know what, I'm going to trust my intuition with what I'm pursuing because I feel that something's not right. And then once you did, you realize, okay, there was a payoff where there could have been just the honesty where it's like, listen, the guy could have manned up and said, this is how I feel. This is what's going on. In business, it's no different. It's communication. If you come to me, you come to me because I will solve a problem for you. You see a solution, you like the solution, and you want to give me the amount of currency or whatever it is necessary in order for me to do that for you to solve your problem. And the thing that I like to say all the time, you hear it, it gets driven into the ground. It's not about the $5, the $500, the $50,000 that it costs to solve your problem. Is it indicative of the problem solving cost? It, it, you know, if it took me five minutes, does it matter? You did not know how to do that. But in my experience, if I'm going to drag you along just to take your money up to a point where I'm not satisfied with the outcome, you're not going to be, it's going to be a bitter relationship between client and service provider. That's not going to be beneficial for anybody involved. You're going to walk away with a negative taste in your mouth for my services. And I've bent over backwards, exhausted, and I really can't in clear conscience support you as a client moving forward because you just don't have your ish together. You know what I mean? And it's it's difficult to be honest with people about that. But I also feel that there is a level of morality to kind of put them. That's why they're coming to you. They're coming to you to solve a problem. You go, listen, this is the problem that you have. I'm feel free to circle back. You know, when you're ready to go, look, I, I was honest with you here. I'll let you know what you need at that time. Uh, a guy came to me, he was doing door locks. He needed new inventory images. And I went on his website, his website, you couldn't get to the contact page. It was out of date. The plugins were failing. So nobody could actually submit information. His copyright was like three years old. So I don't know when it was the last time somebody actually was reviewed his site. And I reached out to him about it. He's like, oh yeah, you know, my son was kind of, you know, I kind of have him working on that, you know, because we, we, we kind of lost our guy. Yeah, but how long have you had your guy on that? You know, or have you guy, had your guy off of that? Your son has been, your son is not a certified website developer and he does not want your success. He's doing dad a favor. And he, you know, you know what happens when people do you favors. They're not gonna, it's not a perfect favor. It's like, all right. And you're begrudgingly doing it. It's not, no, this is something that I am taking honor and polish and professionalism to provide you. This is what I do. This is my lifeblood. You know, and I know that's a, a, such a weird term, but if I believe in you, like I could not have clients that were East SIG, you know, providers or sex workers. When I was in New York City, man, I had a turn away. I went into graphic design print shops, right? This is where I deterred away from my graphic design background because it was just littered with opportunities of sex workers. And I would go in, I'm going to interview. I don't speak Spanish, but they really like my work and they see that I can produce it, you know, well, quickly. 
creatively. And I would see these tables, Sonia, we're talking like huge banquet tables of proofs of just calling cards and postcards for sex workers. And I'm just like, what is all this? And they're like, oh, well, that's where 90% of our printing comes from. That's why we're able to make a profit. And I go, okay, is that something that you, is that something I'm going to be working on? He's like, well, yeah, most of it's going to be that type of work. I go, oh, okay, well, thank you. You know, and I walked out. I can't, Morally, I can't be okay to do that. Mm-mm. You have to answer to, well, you don't have to, but let's say like, I'm very religious. So, you know, for me, ethics really does matter. And, you know, just what I put my name on really matters. And as you're speaking, Michael, A, there's so much that can be quoted so beautifully. You're so eloquently spoken um, with you. what you just said. But B, also, <laughs> I'm very guilty of this. I don't know how many podcasters you have come on here and they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing that wrong. I'm doing that wrong. And also that wrong. My website's just about a year since I last updated it, like in terms of like massive redesign. But man, I have so much I'm working on with it right now. It is, I'm switching up all my tools right now. I'm hoping nobody's clicking on it because I have because <laughs> I'm switching like my email autoresponders and all these gizmos and gadgets and services and whatnot and adding testimonials. So right now I want to make sure nobody visits my website. <laughs> it's a hot mess. So anybody listening, do not. We're going to plug it at the up. end. Don't. don't don't look her up. Don't check out her website right now. We're, we're going we're gonna to give her website at the end, but don't <laughs> check it out because better yet. there may be some, some jankiness to it. Or better know? yet. Look at it for what not to do. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So she's professional, but look on the social media where, you know, it, it stands the testament of time, but not the, I've done that, you know, and I, and I, I'm working on something I updated at breaks and I'm like, oh man, it's the middle of the day. I just sent out, uh, you know, a couple of proposals. I know folks are looking at my website, looking at the brands. Oh, I hope they're not doing it right now because it's, it's a yeah. 504 error or things are not, you know, the theme got reset or something. I'm like, oh, well. What's really funny though is, my husband is a like a software engineer so whenever he has those 404 engineers or whatever he mm-hmm. builds in like the funniest memes that you would just never expect oh, like I love this guy. he's so funny with it like you would expect a software engineer to not have like any sense of humor if you ever go through his websites and hit it air it's like the rabbit hole of amusement oh i gotta do this see this this, this guy sounds like a cup of tea after my own uh Chip off the own block for me as well. So I I love this. You know, at the end of the day, you work with what you have. Not everything's going to be perfect 100% of the time, as long as you are being seen, profitable, and just, you know, sort of honest. If you're having, you know, some some timeframes with your website, there's nothing wrong with sending out a message on social media and saying, hey guys, you know, we're doing some updates this week. So the website might be a little janky or having an alert pop up on the website before your, you know, your visitors start looking at it. I've done that. It just helps their transparency. It's just don't do it for a year. You know, the contact forms, make sure they work for me personally. I have an alert. Um, I check them every month. Yeah. You got to make sure they work. I have a uh, USPS postal rate availability because if you're looking to ship things out, I do custom greeting cards as well. So I need to know how much I'm actually charging for folks for shipping. They need to have an idea before they hit okay to submit an order with me, what they're looking to charge, you know, and and very basic options for international. But uh, we're we're digressing here. Let's jump back real quick into the the social media. Just, I was curious about this because there's so many apps, there's so many products, there's so many services. What is really your favorite underrated social media app or service? So this is not like TikTok or Instagram, but this is like something that would supplementally help being on social media that you have come across people haven't really known about or has kind of 
change your workflow or I mean, really anything. Michael, I know you're a really good podcaster because man, your questions are on point. And I, I talk about this specific app a lot and people are like, what? Or they've heard of it, but not really. But Quora, Q-U-O-R-A, that for me has been just profound in terms of the amount of views and traffic that you can drive. Um, and it's just a Q&A platform. So uh, people ask questions, you provide answers or you ask questions, people provide answers, images, links can be linked. And my God, SEO purposes, it is beautiful, beautiful. And not just that, I mean, the amount of traffic you can drive, I mean, you can hit 2 million views, no problem. It's it's really something that people need to be on more. That being said, other apps and tools that I use very consistently include a video editing app called InShot, that's I-N-S-H-O-T. I use that quite often. I am using a transcription service for my videos now called Clipscribe, C-L-I-P-S-C-R-I-B-E. Captions and, and subtitles on videos are just no longer an option. It's, it's really mandatory. So that is something that I use very often. And this is definitely not underrated. It is very, very, uh, very heavily used, but I, I am a big fan of Canva as well. I do not come from a design background like you, Michael. So it just makes things really easy to kind of knock things out. So Canva is a big one. And I promoted this on Facebook the other day. And I know you commented on that, but I recently got this really cool app slash tripod attachment called the Pivo. Yes. P-I-V-O. I am doing a lot of video and I'm the kind of person where I can't just stand still, nor do I enjoy watching people standing still. I am very like dynamic. I move. I talk very energetically with my hands. And so having this tripod attachment, it uses like AI and like facial detection and body detection technology to like follow you as you, it's not like a droid or anything. It's not like R2-D2's like, wow. Oh. I wish it was. In fact, you probably can make that happen. Um, there's probably some way to kind of add it on to something that will make that happen. That's the only um, way I'm buying it. See, you had me up until that point. I thought this thing followed you around. I was like, man, I have a new does, now. It does like 360 degrees. But if you're walking like to a different room, it won't follow you. So as long as you're in the same room, um, and I think it's kind of distracting to change like rooms or something when you're walking. But yeah, this one, it was like, if you walk off to the left, it will it'll, it'll go all the way 360 degrees into a room. So you can walk in a gigantic circle and it would follow you. And what's cool is it has a lot of really cool features built into this app, um, using a remote control to start on and off, or you can just say cheese and the shutter goes off and gives you a timer and you can kind of get into position. And it has like really cool effects built into it for like very, very interesting visuals in your videos, such as like cloning and stuff like that. So for me, that has been like my newest little gem that I have found and have really fallen in love with. And uh, Anchor, Anchor, I have been using obsessively that being a podcasting tool. It kind of develops, publishes posts. You can record on there. I mean, I am definitely not at your level, Mike, when it comes to like production quality. Pretty honest about that. I'm a very newbie podcaster, but this has really made it easy and fast. If I had to overthink podcasting, I would not be getting out the volume and the of episodes that I am getting out. And it just has really been a game changer for me. So that was a rapid fire, a whole bunch of tools and apps, but I hope that answered your question. I know I asked for one, I got like 57. This is awesome. I'm going to have to link all that down in the, um, in the, in the show notes here after the show, but I'm yeah, thinking it's been a, a lot of tools. And you know, one thing I've noticed in terms of social media, is like, uh, one of the things is like, people give a lot of general generic, like really boring advice, Michael. Oh, you know, like, be consistent, be authentic, be yourself, don't give up. And it's like, okay, but like, 
give me something that I can use. Right. And Don't so be so when, generic. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I found is when you can give people like tools and tactics and like actual like knowledge of like how algorithms work or like little tricks, it really goes a very long way. So if people really take time to kind of explore the apps and tools that I just listed off, that is what I use day in and day out to manage a following of 1.3 million followers. So, I mean, something is happening right, you know, with that. So definitely check those out. I agree. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of those tools with us. You can find Sonia on LinkedIn, Facebook, either directly on her personal page, or you can join her group, Social Media School with Sonia Kilji. She's on TikTok, obviously, pretty much everywhere that you can find your social media. She's going to be there. You can listen to her uh, with her podcast directly, also called The Social Media School with Sonia Kilji, searching for that on your podcast app of choice. Don't forget to give her website some love if you are interested in coaching, training, or the social media services that we spoke about. That's going to be S-A-N-I-A-K-H-I-L-J-E-E.com. Again, don't judge it right now. Don't judge it. I need to get my pop-up up like today saying, (laughs) your fellow website visitor. But I promise it will be better soon. <laughs> but we, you know, thank you for stopping by and, and showing the podcast some love, Sonia. It's it's very much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me on. I really hope that people benefit from the knowledge uh, that was shared here today and some of you know just the authenticity of like like this is where I'm not keeping up. And if they have any questions, I'm very very approachable um, on any of my social media. You heard it here, folks. Thank you for tuning into the next episode. Cheers. The Mike Tech Studios podcast, your source for design, entertainment, marketing conversations, and content. Amazing guests, tips, humor, and stories available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and your podcast app of choice. This has been a Mike Tech Studios production.